You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Wapan, home of the Warriors. Uh, I've I've been to Wapan a number of times. I'm trying to think if I've been there since we put an ESPN affiliate there. Um, I'm not sure that I have, but Wapan a little bit to the west and south of Fond du Lac, a little bit southeast of Ripon, a nice little town. I've been there many, many times before in my life. Uh, that is our affiliate for the day. I'll have to make sure that I get out there. Now that we do have an ESPN affiliate out there, joining me as always shortly will be my good friend Frank Madden. Uh, the other day we had ended up recording this just because I was going to be working at a Brewers game tonight and Frank was going to have some stuff. So we recorded kind of a two-part episode uh, that you know we'll put out here. So at the end of yesterday's episode, you heard us tease uh, the idea of trying to rank Chris Middleton. And well, that's exactly what we ended up doing. This afternoon, I actually ran a poll uh, to see where you guys thought he ranked. Um, I, I think they're fair options because I didn't really put one... I think the number I put was low enough not to really get any of you outside of it. Um, The lowest option I had was uh, ranked between 40th and 49th in the league. I I didn't go as low as 50 because I can't imagine too many of you would have him outside of there. Maybe someone would, Um, but I did try to put that as low as I thought someone might possibly rank him. Um, up above that, we went all the way to the very best player in the league. As is the, the highest column was player 19 or better than I did player to 20 to 29, uh, player 30 to 39. And that poll came out that 56% of you thought he would be a player 20 to 29th in the league. 33% of you thought 30 to 39th in the league. Uh, 6% said 19 or better. Uh, and 5% said 40 to 49. So um, I was, uh, I think, a little bit surprised that as many of you had him uh, 20 to 29th as, as you did. But I think it speaks to kind of where Chris Middleton has gone in the last year. And, and what we're looking at now is, you know, just just his perception has changed quite a bit. I think that playoff series had a lot to do with it. Uh, obviously, he put together a pretty good season, but um, you know there was times where he struggled with three, with his three point shot and his defense this year. So I, I would have thought that would have been a little bit lower, but he really did just you know kind of light the world on fire in that playoff series. So uh, interesting to see twenty to twenty nine is where you guys had him, and now you will get to find out where we had him. So you will you'll get to hear. Kind of where we left off yesterday, you'll get to hear where that tease was, and now you will get to hear where we have ranked Chris Middleton. So that it will be our episode for today. Uh, this will be our last episode of the week. Uh, there will not be a Friday podcast, just this Thursday podcast, and we will get back at it next week. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and I will give it back to Frank and what you heard at the end of yesterday's episode. 
So you had one more topic to cover, and it's one I think that we have um, talked about somewhat um, as far as Chris Middleton and where he ranks in the NBA. But uh, that was something you wanted to kind of get into a little bit because I think people have been asking about it. Yeah, when we had the mailbag, I had a couple people ask like, hey, can you rank Chris Middleton like where he is in the podcast? Because uh, I think a few weeks back I had tweeted out something that like, oh, Chris Middleton's a top, I don't know, 40, 50 player in the NBA. And for the first time, uh, I had an overwhelming number of Bucks fans be like, are you crazy? He's so much better than that, which took took me aback because for years now when someone would say Chris Middleton is a top 100 player or whatever, I'd be like, well, he's way better than that. And I would be the one arguing for, you know, a higher place on the list for Chris Middleton. And instead this was a a welcome change of circumstances. Uh, They were the ones arguing for it. And then when we had the mailbag, I had a couple people ask us like, Hey, can you rank Chris in the league? And I think why it's interesting and kind of, kind of why I want to do it is that, we end up talking about how much should you pay Chris Middleton, right? Like that's going to be, that's going to be the question next off season. And we'll, we'll go through it. And, uh, you know, people will say he's not worth this. Uh, he's not worth the max. Uh, oh, he's opting out. That must mean he wants this or he wants that. And I think when you try to figure out whether, what the Bucks should do with it, you also need to figure out like, well, can you get a player better? than Chris Middleton that that should also come into the equation whether or not you're totally comfortable paying Chris Middleton as he goes into his 29 uh his age 29 season um that's a great question but also you know you have to be able to feel confident that you're also going to get someone else uh that can fill that spot so thus we are going to go about trying to rank Chris Middleton in the NBA uh the way that I constructed this was I grabbed the NBA 2K rankings from next season, uh, I don't find them particularly useful, uh, but they do a nice job gathering kind of everything together for you so you can think about players that might be in this conversation. So I took about like the top 60-ish players uh, from their rankings and then moved some guys around a little bit and thought through a li- uh, some. And essentially what I did was attempt to figure out guys that I thought were in my mind that I feel confident saying are better than Chris Middleton and guys that I felt confident saying Chris Middleton is better than. Um, so that was kind of the way I split it up. And this isn't in a Bucks specific scenario. This isn't only to play with Giannis Dekumbo. This is just better. Um, and you can define better however you want. And I think as you see uh, us go through this, you'll see, you know, I think both Frank and I kind of value defense <laughs> and we are not big PPGs guys. Uh, so you might see some of the PPGs guys fall uh, and you might see some of the guys that are able to play both sides of the ball rise up a little bit. But what I've come to is a group of 27 players that I feel are better than Chris Middleton. And I'm going to give you those players right now, Frank, and I'm going to see how you feel about all of them. Is that cool? Yep. All right. LeBron, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and and at any point, stop me if you you feel like you have an argument or a problem. Uh, LeBron, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Giannis Dettacumbo, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Clay Thompson, 
John Wall, Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, Al Horford, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Donovan Mitchell, and then the three injured guys that I still place above Middleton despite not being 100% sure on their injuries and what will happen with them, DeMarcus Cousins, Gordon Hayward, Kristaps Porzingis. Do you have a problem with any of those 27 players being listed ahead of Chris Middleton? I would say this. Uh, like, I think Kevin Love's an interesting guy because uh, he's going to be really interesting this year, right? Because he has a chance to kind of probably become much more of a you know, number one option, obviously, with LeBron gone. Um, but there are a lot of guys in this list who, you know, I think there's some unique circumstances around, right? Like, you know, Cousins in particular, given yep. the type of injury he suffered. For sure. I would not be surprised at all if, if from here on out, Chris Middleton is a, a better, more valuable basketball player than, than Boogie Cousins. And um, certainly that, that may be especially true if you're thinking about just like how easy it is to fit around other players, right? And I know that we're talking about this in a vacuum, but, you know, fundamentally the question for the Bucks is who, who are you putting with Giannis? And, and Chris obviously is the default answer here. So, you know, I think if we apply the lens of not just who are the best players, but then you know, best players that you'd want to to match with Giannis. I think certainly Boogie, even if he didn't have maybe as as big of the injury concerns, I think you can draw some questions there just because of the type of yep. person that Boogie is. Um, and then some of these other guys too. I mean, I, I think you can debate. You know, somebody like um, you know John Wall and Brad Beal. Even okay. you know, like John Wall last year. Like I don't know, seemed like kind of a tough <laughs> hang. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I didn't love the current version of John Wall. You know, especially as you think about it through the Giannis lens, a, a point guard who needs the ball who doesn't really shoot. Obviously, he's a, he can be a great playmaker. But um, and likewise, Beal. I mean, I would if you asked me, would I rather have Beal or uh, Middleton? I guess I would go Beal just because he's a little bit younger, um, might have I think a little bit more scoring upside. But um, you know, again, Chris is. I don't think Chris is far from that. And uh, again, like love. I mean, on the Bucks, I would rather have Chris Middleton than Love, um, just because I, again, like Chris, like Kevin Love, just being a like a four or five who just doesn't defend at a high level. I think that's just like a tougher and tougher uh, positional sort of archetype to have. Um, and obviously, there are other guys kind of in this list, right? Like Westbrook or, or even Carl Anthony Towns, guys who, um, as super talented as they are, like have flaws that kind of might give people pause, especially sort of. Pu- pairing them with Giannis I think so the idea of you know guys who would take shots from Giannis or whatever especially that guy like Westbrook um but look I mean I'm not going to sit here and tell you that objectively uh Chris is a more valuable NBA basketball player than the Russell Westbrook I think you can debate whether you know you would want to have actually Russell if you know like if you could swap Westbrook for Bledsoe like would that actually make the Bucks better I don't know if it Mm. actually would to be honest yeah (laughs) um just because of the shooting that Westbrook doesn't have and you're taking the ball actively out of Giannis's hands a lot if you do that but um but yeah I mean in terms of actual like you know if I was just going to rank players I'm not going to put Chris Middleton ahead of uh head of Russell Westbrook so maybe out of that group of 27 you know there's a handful that you could slide underneath Middleton um but yeah for the most part that's a, a pretty good list of guys that you would say are comfortably ahead of them So in there, I would agree. The The ones that I had to kind of think through were uh, Kevin Love was tough just because we haven't seen Kevin Love like 
in a non uh complimentary role in a while so I don't, I don't really know what he could be like minnesota kevin love is definitely better than chris middleton but is whatever he is now with concussion concerns and you know trying to figure out who he is again i maybe maybe he's not um so that was one that i definitely thought of uh the wizards guys both guys that i questioned like ugh that season was really rough to watch. Uh, and, and Bradley Beal had a really nice season, like 22 and a half points per game. I think four rebounds, four assists. Uh, so like, yeah, I think you could argue probably maybe even a better season than Chris Middleton. Um, but yeah, that John wall season was, um, concerning. And, and then I think Carl Anthony Towns was when I thought of just for the defense, like how do you, you try to judge all of that. And then, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, two guys injured last season. I, I think everyone kind of assumes that they'll be fine going forward. Um, but you know, we don't, we don't really know. We don't know if if they're both going to be totally great. Uh, and then in Kyrie Irving's case, you also have the defense question there as well. Um, I felt very uncomfortable putting Donovan Mitchell above Chris Middleton, um, but I just thought that rookie year was, I mean, just incredible, I thought. Yeah. Um, so I think there's enough that at a young enough age, he put up that kind of season, uh, and then you're thinking through, like, he's he's pro- whether or not he was undeniably better than Chris Middleton last season, like, you, you think about the trajectory and trying to figure that out. So Donovan Mitchell uh, up there above him. So, okay, that's 27, guys. Um, I argue that it gets interesting in the next 15, um, and I'm going to save that for a second and skip down to players that I have 44 or lower. Um, and again, this is kind of using 2Ks, like top 60-ish players. So again, there you could probably debate that there's some people that you could bump up from the 60 to 80 range into this area and whatever. That's totally fine. But um, guys that I'm saying Chris Middleton is better than uh, Dwight Howard, Jason Tatum, Hassan Whiteside, Jonas Valanciunas, Eric Bledsoe, Lou Williams, D'Angelo Russell, Ennis Kantner, uh, Paul Millsap, Tobias Harris, Tyreek Evans, uh, Gary Harris, Goran Dragic, Harrison Barnes, Jabari Parker, Nikola Vukovic. Um, and ones that I had problems. Vucevic. Vucevic. Vooch. Vucevic, yeah. I thought it was okay. I was thinking I knew it I gotta, was I got to play the I knew I it was itch at the, the uh, end. I didn't know in the middle it was also Okay, got it. Um, I feel like I got to I got to play the uh the Zach Lowe uh defender of uh you know, uh Eastern European name pronunciations. Hey, I was proud of myself for getting the final syllable right. So I I will I will work on the middle syllable. That's on me. Um all right. Guys that I felt uncomfortable with, not including them in the like next 15 conversation from 28 to 43, Paul Millsap. Um, I like Paul Millsap's game quite a bit. I think it's probably just the age that's going to bring him down that I would put Chris Middleton ahead of him. Um, and then Gary Harris was another one that I felt kind of uncomfortable with. I think Chris Middleton's better than Gary Harris, but I think Gary Harris might make it a conversation in the next year or two. Um, but... Mm, I, th- I still think Chris Middleton better than all those. Any problems there? Any people? Um, Jason Tatum is a name that's going to stand out. I don't care. Jason Tatum had a, a like had a good rookie season and then a very good playoffs, and I feel like people have now vaulted him way higher than he should be vaulted. Um, and again, maybe that's me and 
having a little bit of Celtics Sixers like anti bias in me. Uh, yeah. But I just think it's a little bit too early for Jason Tatum to be up in this next group. Yeah, Tatum is interesting because you think about like sort of valuable player archetypes and um, like what what makes a guy like a top ten player, right? And I mean, you know, we've been through this. Um, in a more extreme sense with Jabari Parker, right? Like you can't yep. just be like a combo forward who scores really easily and have that just be a thing that's going to make you a superstar. Like you have to do other things. And I mean, Tatum obviously has a much higher defensive floor than somebody like Jabari, but uh, you know, you look at what he did last year. I mean, again, he's not going to be like an impact guy in terms of rebounding or playmaking or defense, right? Like he, he's not, ever going to be like an all defensive type guy uh, from certainly everything I see right he can be yeah. fine but um but you know he's going to get paid based on scoring and um I don't think he'll ever be a guy who's like a five or a six assist guy doesn't really strike me as that type of guy so I think that's where sort of I think the brakes probably need to be pumped a little bit on him just as far as like what is his ultimate ceiling I mean of course if you offered me Jason Tatum for Chris Middleton and trade I do that in a heartbeat of course but just in terms of like who's going to be you know a better more valuable NBA basketball player last next year um yeah I think that's more debatable I think he's the guy that that still stood out most from the list that you just read off I mean like there's a bunch of guys in here like Russell and Cantor who I don't know if they're even like net positive play players uh especially Russell um and park jabari obviously is you know so far has not been a net positive player uh so some of these guys i think just you know again it's like not even sure if they're actually positive players let alone top 50 type guys but um tatum's obviously maybe the most interesting just because he's already been productive and young and and i think i do think tatum is a is a positive and he already is i think a positive player is you know rpm metrics were very impressive for for a rookie so um not to kind of rag on jason tatum but i also don't really see him as like you know, transformative superstar type guy, which um, I'm kind of enjoying uh, seeing Celtics fans kind of get carried away with that. So, um, <laughs> so we'll kind of see because they also like. I mean, on the current, like with the Celtics having the guys that they have. I mean, I mean, this is Tatum going to even score twenty? I mean, does he score twenty points a game with no. Kyrie and Hayward and Jalen Brown and Horford and all these guys around? I mean, they don't even really. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of how those guys shake out because I think Tatum's certainly going to have a big role, but a guy like Jalen Brown, like, I don't know. Like, does Jalen Brown, I mean, to me, like, this might have been the summer to try to trade Jalen Brown before, you know, the specter of having to pay him really becomes a big thing. And when you're still feeling like he had this really nice breakout playoffs um, and people still have this feeling that he might be a future all star, like that. I don't know. This might have been a really good time to trade Jason Jalen Brown. Um, instead, obviously, the Celtics going to hang on to him, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I don't know. We'll see kind of how that works out. But um, yeah, I don't know. Nobody in here that I would say, you know, leaps out is like, oh yeah, there's like five guys here that that are better than Chris Middleton. So I would say the way you categorize them is probably pretty fair. All right. So now for the 28 to 43 range where things get interesting, and I think you can probably argue in different ranges. So I feel pretty confident saying Chris Middleton is somewhere between the 
28 and 43rd best player in the league. And if you want to, you know, bump that to 30 to 45, whatever, um, that's totally fine. Um, so the guys that are in here, I, I have it into kind of three groups. Uh, the first one, and this is where I, I really struggle with the modern NBA is centers. Uh, so I have Nikola Jokic, uh, Andre Drummond, Clint Capella, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Saul and Steven Adams. Now there's a bunch of players I like in those groups. Like I I'm, I'm a big fan of Jokic. I like cool passes. I always have. Um, so I, I think what he can kind of do for an offense is probably something a little bit greater than what Middleton can do. Like, I think you can create a full system around Jokic. I'm not sure you can do that with Middleton. Obviously though, you know, there are some, some defensive concerns there. Uh, Capella, I think is, you know, kind of like the ideal archetype of, uh, a role man in the modern NBA, uh, where he's kind of figured that out, but you know, how much of that is getting to play with the two best pick and roll players in the league or certainly two of, of the top five or so in Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, Deandre Jordan kind of did all of the, uh, a number of those things before Clint Capella and obviously just a huge dude. He has free throw concerns. Uh, Rudy Gobert transformative defensive player offensively. Uh, I'm not so sure. And then, uh, you know, Marcus saw a little bit on the older side, Steven Adams, someone that I I've obviously, I've obviously always liked, um, and we've always talked about is, you know, someone that you'd really just love to have on your team. Um, but you know, how big of a role could he play as an offensive player? How, how big of a role can he play just as, as a player? Can he be your first or second best player in a team? I think you'd have some questions there. Um, Andre Drummond, I think I'd probably feel confident just knocking down to the 44 or lower level, but I think he is better than some of those other bigs that I mentioned. So um, what do you think about any of those centers? Like, Do you feel confident saying a number of those guys are better than Chris Middleton? Because I do feel like once you get here, it is just kind of competitive competing values and trying to figure out, uh, I like this a little bit more than I like that. Yeah, I would say Jokic and Gobert are, are definitely better than Chris. Um, I think their, their ability sort of transcends the, uh, you know, reduced value of centers and, and with Jokic, it's even more impressive because obviously he's not a defensive guy. So the fact that his offense is so good. His rebounding is so good. Playmaking so good that um, you know he's like a top fifteen NBA player. is is uh, is pretty remarkable. Um, and and I would I would have put him up in the the, the previous group as far as you know the twenty seven best sure or whatever better. along probably along with Gobert. Yeah, I, I would have considered them the two of them. Gobert for his defense, Jokic for his offense. They're kind of polar opposites in that regard. But I will allow I both put, of those. Yeah, I would have put them in the the upper group. Um, I think Drummond, Capella, in particular, Adam Drummond, Capella, Adams. Um, like I'm, I'm huge uh, fan of Capella and Adams. Um, I think you know, again, those guys are really useful NBA players. Um, but you know, again, like, are they? They, they just feel like guys that are going to be. You know, you, you probably need to be like your far, a little bit far further down the the totem pole as far as you know your your team quality and obviously a lot of what they do is not scoring right we overrate scoring it's just sort of the way humans i think think about basketball is to overrate scoring and those guys you know do things primarily that that are not reflected in those stats but um i like those guys a lot um but i 
again, just with the way the center position is, is becoming devalued, I'd, I'd probably stop short of including those guys ahead of Chris for sure. All right. So that bumps us up to 29 above Chris Middleton. I think I'm okay with that. Um, and that puts us at Chris Middleton around 30. All right. Up next, two forwards that are kind of uh, – I, I, I don't even know what to call them at this point because they're both like uh, – not quite relics, but you know they are older players who have, I think, both kind of gone through their better moments in the league and now are kind of trying to figure out uh, where they can find value. I have Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, do you feel confident saying either one of those two players uh, is better than Chris Middleton? Don't worry about contracts, and I know that's hard to do when thinking about Blake Griffin and his monster deal uh, for the next five seasons. Yeah, it's kind of tough because, I mean, Blake is a guy that, um, especially as a Bucks fan, it has just like zero appeal because of the things you just described as things I shouldn't consider, right? Like his <laughs> yeah. contract and also like the positional thing, right? Like if we're just doing it in a vacuum, um, I, then I can't or I shouldn't punish Blake for being a guy who plays the same position as Giannis. But when I think about how I value these guys, like obviously that does impact the way I view it. Um, I still think Blake's a really good player, especially last year. I mean, the version of Chris we saw last year where he didn't defend at a high level, I think you make a good yep. case that, that that version of Chris wasn't as good as, you know, the version of Blake. I mean, I think he averaged, like, what, like six assists a game yeah, after he, he got traded to, to Detroit. I mean, you know, that that's really what I think is, is so interesting about Blake. I mean, he started to shoot the three a bit, um, and we can debate whether, you know, sort of the uh, perimeterization of, of Blake Griffin is, you know, is, is really modernization or just him becoming old and, and not able to do what he used to do. Um, but his impact, I think sort of in, in other phases of the game have fallen off a bit um, with his athleticism. That said, his playmaking, you know, I think really has, has grown as, as he's gotten older. So he's, I think still a, a very good player, but obviously also very, very overpaid. Um, and Aldridge is interesting. Cause it's like, he's another guy that, uh, like I, I love his style, right? Like you don't it was like a great but the Spurs have had a tremendous defense even with him as the centerpiece, so he's played his role well. Um and even though he's not like a pure like shot blocker type big man, and you know, despite the fact that he's obsessed with the the shot that we hate in the mid range, <laughs> um, he obviously has been a very effective NBA player in the past couple of years. I mean, especially last year with, yep. with Kawhi out. So um I, I guess I'd probably begrudgingly also include Aldridge in that group, but um certainly not in the perspective of somebody who you know desperately would want to add Lamarcus Aldridge to uh, to my team okay I think I think I would Blake's an interesting one because I just think he he's always had that stigma of just being a dunker and now he's kind of had the stigma of being injury prone and like there are just so many things that you know people keep detracting uh from him like there's he just has so many detractors but at the same time like man he's really fun and like you said 19.8 six rebounds 6.2 assists per game as a detroit piston uh last year in 25 games like that i mean 26 and 6 is is pretty unique stuff um so i yeah i I've always been a Griffin fan. I've always liked his game. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that now he's saddled with that monstrous contract uh, for the way that people view him, not for him personally. That's great for him. Um, I'm sure he's enjoying his contract. So I think 
I'd probably put Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge both above Middleton. I, I think I would I would go with that as well. All right, now we get to guards. And with these guards, I think a number of the questions that we kind of asked about Chris Middleton, about the, the questions that we asked about the point guard position in the NBA, like we're going to get to a number of those things. So I have DeMar DeRozan, Devin Booker, Kemba Walker, C.J. McCollum, Mike Conley, and Drew Holiday. How do you feel about any of those guys? Do any of them jump out to you as guys that you know are immediately better than Chris Middleton? I know the one that jumped out to me, DeMar DeRozan, and it's largely because of the open floor guys um, in their, yeah. uh, I think, decade-long debate at this point of DeMar DeRozan versus Chris Middleton and Andrew Sharp and Ben DeGalver have gone back and forth on this over and over and over again. Um, so that one always sticks out to me, like thinking about DeMar uh, and Chris Middleton and kind of how all of that sticks. So DeMar DeRozan, Devin Booker, Kemba Walker, CJ McCollum, Mike Conley, Drew Holiday, uh, any of those guys stick out to you as guys that you want to elevate above Chris Middleton or guys that you want to elevate Chris Middleton above? Well, I think actually the guy I'd start with would be Drew Holiday just because, um, you know, I think especially we saw it in the second half of the season and then uh, in the playoffs in particular. I mean, his two-way play as a scorer, interestingly, you know, not really as a point guard, but but more as a a two-guard and then his ability to play defense, defend multiple positions at a really high level. Um, He's the guy that for me stands out as, as being the guy in this group that, you know, is is especially last year played at an extremely high level in both directions. So I'd probably start with him and say, you know, he's he at this point um, can claim to be to be better than Chris. Still, um, I think DeRozan again, like statistically, has an obvious case for it. But um, you know, in terms of fungibility, uh, and ironically, you know, Chris Middleton feels a lot spursier than than DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> yeah. um, both guys good mid-range shooters, but um, Chris has also obviously always extended it out to the three-point line. Um, and I think DeRozan has improved as a playmaker, but Chris has also improved as a playmaker over the years as well. And, and defensively, as much as Chris didn't play at a high level last year, I think he's still certainly a much better bet to be able to be uh, a capable of playing good team defense. So, um, so yeah, screw it. I'm not gonna. This is a Bucks podcast. I'm gonna put. I'm not gonna put Demar Derozan ahead of Chris Middleton. I like um, it. I think uh, I've been on record saying McCollum is overrated. Um, the Blazers really were terrible with him and not Lillard last year. He wasn't efficient as a scorer last year. Um, I think you really like dig into CJ McCollum stats. Uh, really not a guy that actually kind of is as good as, as I think, you know, I don't know. I feel like he wasn't as good as, you know, sort of a lot of the people, the way people talk about him would suggest he'd be. And, um, you know, both he's basically the same age as Chris as well. They're both about to turn 27. So, um, I think I think you mentioned he'd be going to his uh, age 29 years of free agent. Will actually be his age 28 yep. years. So, um, so you're not even really getting like a you know trading trading for a younger guy type thing. And I think CJ's also his defensive ceiling is much lower. He's you know never going to defend threes. Obviously, just being he's a smaller guy. So I, I am not a guy who I don't I don't think McCollum's as good as as Middleton. I think the the interesting guys here are, you know, are, are Booker, Kemba, and Conley. Um, Booker is sort of obviously the most sort of flamboyant scorer here, uh, but the most one way. I mean, you, you know, do a, a sort on the RPM, uh, RPM stats, and Devin Booker doesn't show up anywhere because his RPM has sucked for years because he's a guy who doesn't really hasn't really helped his team win games and has been on bad teams. So, um, 
again, like, yeah, if you offered me Chris Middleton for Devin Booker in a trade, I'll bet on Devin Booker just because I think he has higher upside for sure. But um, is he actually a better NBA player than Chris Middleton? I don't think he is at this point when you bake in kind of everything, mainly, you know, looking especially on the defensive side of the basketball. Um, with uh, with him too, I've been curious. Like he just gets to he gets to kind of do whatever he wants yeah. <laughs> with the Suns, and I don't think we'll ever get to see it because I don't I don't know that anyone will give Chris Middleton that opportunity. I don't know if the Bucks will allow him out of their grasp for this to happen. But I don't know if Chris Middleton in the last couple of years had you know kind of gotten to have his own team. Could he put up? A, I think Booker was uh, like twenty five. Four and four this year. Could Middleton do that if he was in charge of a team? I don't know. Maybe. Like, I think there's at least an outside chance that he could. Um, so I, I think that always screws me up with Booker too. Like he's been on a Suns team that is just a, a cesspool. Like, like there, there's just yeah. not anything going right with that team, and, and it's just hard to take in. Yeah. Um, and as for Kemba and, and Mike Conley, you know, with Conley, it's just I, I just don't know health wise. Like I don't know. I'm I'm just a little. A little skeptical of Conley. I mean, he's a really solid, been a solid, very solid two-way player, obviously. You know, kind of in that, like, best, you know, he's like one of those guys that I would describe as, like, one of the best, slightly above average point guards in the league, um, yeah. which feels like kind of faint praise. But, again, with how deep the point guard position is, it, that's it, it's still a compliment. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, at this point, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just really not sold on being, like, a real kind of impact guy. Certainly not being more than you know, let's say a third, fourth banana at best uh, at this point. Um, so that leaves Kemba, who's obviously a guy that has come up a lot in our discussions and Bucks fans' discussions about, you know, is he would he be a fit in Milwaukee in addition to Chris and Giannis? Um, I don't know. I kind of struggle with it. I don't know what value Kemba creates defensively, but offensively he's obviously a guy that can put a ton of pressure on the opposing defense with his ability to create off the dribble in the pick and rolls, pull up for threes, etc., um, I think he's a guy that I would probably lean towards saying, yes, he is better than Chris. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of it getting gets also down to debates over positional value of, yeah. you know, wings who potentially play both ways and can shoot threes versus point guards, especially in a point guard heavy league. Yeah, I do think that Booker, Walker, McCollum kind of combo is an interesting one because, you know, as you think through value and what it means and what you want and what you're expecting like uh, i think those three all kind of add you know some of that off the dribble three creativity that i very much like they they are able to put a ton of pressure on the defense with it with like with walker and mccollum and specifically like the way that they're able to handle the ball what they can do in the pick and roll like they're really interesting but i do think you know at times you're going to struggle to figure out uh just how valuable they are and whether or not they can help out a team um i like drew holiday over middleton i i would agree with that assessment i just think he was uh just so impactful uh, on both sides of the ball, and I just thought he had a really great season last year. So I would, I would agree there, um, and I, I will say screw it with you as well with Demar Derozan and not putting him above Chris Middleton. So um, I think of that group, that twenty-eight to forty-three group that I have: um, Jokic, Gobert, Griffin, Aldridge, Holiday, Walker, all above Chris Middleton. Anyone else you want to add there? I know you kind of talked about liking some of the centers, but I think in the end, you, Middleton over the top of them. Yeah, Jokic and Gobert would be the two centers that I'd have ahead of them out of that middle group. 
Um, so I, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, like when we talked about, it, I think we said, I think what the, the, uh, uh, top 100 from SI, Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney had Middleton, I think at 35 this year. And as we were kind of eyeballing this, when you first sent me this list, kind of my gut said, yeah, yeah probably around 35. And, and I don't know, I feel like that's sort of where, where I've kind of ended up after doing this kind of more, you know, scientifically, well, I don't know what scientifically, but, uh, <laughs> actually, actually looking more at the numbers and actually talking about every player, right. Rather than, um, you know, just sort of, I just sort of taking a stab based on, on feel. So, uh, so yeah, Chris Middleton, damn good basketball player. I would agree. I feel like, a, yeah, I think 35 is a number I feel, feel confident in saying, um, much higher than that, I think becomes uncomfortable. Um, even with, you know, some guys that might've been above him dropping out, but you know, some younger guys filled in uh, a number of those spots as well. So, uh, that is our consensus. Very scientifically done. Uh, we feel very confident in 35-ish for Chris Middleton um, as where he, we would rank him in the NBA. Let us know what you're thinking on Twitter. We're always interested to see you know, what you guys are thinking. Maybe there's some guys on the list that we put above them that you would never put above them in a million years. So um, I'd be interested to hear all of that. That's going to be it for us for today. Uh, Frank, you want to play a little pickup next week? We can definitely do that. Um it's our, it's, I guess, would be our second annual Bucks Pick'em schoolyard, uh, schoolyard game. Is that what it would be? Yeah. All right. That'll be our plan for next week. We will do our, our annual pickup game where we split up the teams and each of us grabs seven Bucks players and see who puts together the better team in the end. But for now, that is going to be it for us for this week on Lockdown Bucks. Uh, this will be our last episode of the week, no Friday episode. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you on Monday.